1: Hello and welcome to another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of the UK this time. And I'm super excited to be here with our office director, Bethany, who runs the office here in the UK, and we have a pretty amazing thing that's going on. You can go to the website right now if you're listening to this before Christmas of 2021. We have a sale that's going on where we are making most of our items available for more than 40% off. I think it's 40%. I think some of them might even be more than that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so it's the bottom, rock bottom, price that we've ever had on our website. Now, of course, if you ever come to any of our Back to Jerusalem tour meetings, we often give these away for any donation. Even if you don't give a donation, we give them away for free. We've been doing that for many, many years. We don't do that online just because it helps to be able to have some set price on there for our online uh, items. But here's the problem. We haven't been, been able to have meetings for uh, almost two years because of the COVID situation. So because of that, we have a buttload of books in inventory that we want to get rid of. It'll help us to sell these books. So we're dropping these prices down below the cost of what it even takes for us to print them, ship them to the office and then store them. So super excited about that. You have books here in the UK that are also on sale.
0: We do, but not just books. We kind of have everything, right? Like we have our prayer bears that are on sale. We have our Christmas stuff. Um, So just about everything that we have. I don't think there's anything that's not on sale, I think.
1: So everything you have here in the office. So we're sitting right now in the the b to j uh, UK office, which is located in Rotherham, uh, just north of London. Uh, we have a special relationship with an amazing, amazing church here called Hope Church, and they gave us a space that we can mm-hmm. use for our office.
0: It's very true. We've been here for almost five years, and we've never had to pay rent. We don't have to pay amazing. for the lights. We don't have to pay for... Internet. Internet, yeah, nothing. We don't Water. have to pay for a thing. Toilet yeah, so they access, give us the whole, <laughs> yeah.
1: Parking. I got free parking today. <laughs> and you did. Just across the street, I have to pay for parking. Mm-hmm. But here, I got free parking. At yeah, the and
0: any time of the day or night, they let me in, and uh, they've been amazing. So everything that we've ever needed, um, that yeah, they really have been amazing.
1: Now we say office. This is a very nice office, and we're very very thankful. But for those of you that have never been to the UK, never been to Europe, never been to Hong Kong where space is kind of limited, um, this is about the size of most walk-in closets. No, it's
0: yes. a bit bigger. No, no, no.
1: Have you not been in a walk-in closet in America? Not in the US. Okay, this is a walk-in closet. This okay. is a small walk-in closet This is a America.
0: bedroom in the UK.
1: Yeah, this is a bedroom in, well, this is a big bedroom in Hong Kong. <clears> this is a big bedroom. This is a living room in Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this might be an apartment. In Hong Kong. But
0: I have room. Look, like I could...
1: No, no, no. This is great. Yeah. This is absolutely perfect. I'm just saying that for the American audience to kind of get an idea. Because if you say office yeah. in America, um, an office would be, you know, about the size of this entire floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here... Uh, this is, it's, it's, it's really nice. It's, it's cozy. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it I, I love it. I love what you've done. And the books that you have here is basically almost everything that we have in the U S we have our newsletters. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have right now, especially if you are listening to this before Christmas, if this is November and you're hearing this, we're going to try to get this up right away. This is the time to order your stuff. You have to do it now because if you wait the less likely you are to get these items in the mail because the mail is going super slow this year. And so we want you to get the items for back to Jerusalem. Now here's the thing, when it comes to Christmas, there is a book that's called Christmas in China. This is a special book where we tell stories from mainland China during Christmas time that you can only get through back to Jerusalem. We tell stories even that include Brother Yun that people have never heard. Even if you've heard Brother Yun speak multiple times, we share stories from Brother Yun's life during Christmas time that nobody else has heard before. And on top of that, each one of our books, Christmas in China comes with a CD. This CD, is unlike any other Christmas CD out there, in the way that these are songs that are sold by the Underground House Church sung, not sold. <laughs> these are these are songs that are sung by the Underground House Church every year around Christmas time. They're super unique. Some of them you'll recognize, some of them you won't. They're not in English, they are in Chinese, and they were recorded by the Underground House Church in an Underground House Church. The recording was done illegally but the quality came out amazing. The songs, even though you may not speak Chinese, they have a spirit. I really think that they're powerful. So usually every Christmas Eve, when we're cooking dinner for me and my family, we put on the music from this recorded CD at nighttime, When we got the lights down low, we're doing our cooking and we're listening to these amazing songs in the background. I think it's a great way to share about the Underground House Church because when we have people come into our house, they enter into that environment. And they're like, oh, what's this music? And it gives us a chance to actually tell people what that music represents, where it was recorded, who it was recorded with. And we tell all of the stories as well as the words to each one of the songs in the Christmas in China book?
0: I think as well as it being an opportunity to tell other people about um, B2J having the songs playing, there is something about... um, There's almost like this connection, I think, that you feel when you're playing it, right? Because it's kind of like on the other side of the world, somewhere in China, in the underground house churches, they are singing the same songs that we may be listening to on this side of the world. I think that's such a special thing at Christmas time to kind of feel um, I think it's kind of a, a, a completely different way of feeling connected to kind of be able to hear what they're singing to experience it to listen to it and I think it brings a whole different understanding about um, Christmas in these kind of countries.
1: Do you have the Christmas in China book here?
0: Yeah, it's right oh. up there.
1: Okay. The Christmas in China book. For those of you that know nothing about it, it's it's not really a book. So when I say the word book, you might think of a novel, you might think of a history book. It's more of a coffee table book, and where it focuses a lot on the uh, the pictures. So you have short stories, massive pictures that are, come from China that feel like Christmas, but in a different way. We start off the book talking about what if we strip Christmas from all the cultural things that we are familiar with, like chestnuts roasting on an open fire, Rudolph the the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Santa Claus, Christmas trees, special decorations, festivities in in the atmosphere, in your town, Christmas markets. What if we removed all of those things? Would Christmas still feel as special as it is? What if all we had about Christmas was the idea that This is the day that Jesus was born, which probably isn't the time that he was born, right? Most people believe that he was born in the summer, which (laughs) doesn't feel Christmassy at all. To think about being hot and sweaty. Sorry for all of those that are listening in New Zealand and in South Africa and Australia. But it just doesn't feel like Christmas when you don't have snow and cold weather and and all that. I can't even imagine Christmas being summer, Mm -mm. being the summertime. So what if we took away the cold weather from Christmas? Would it still feel like Christmas. And so that's what we talk about in Christmas in China where Brother Yun was put in prison for the very first time in during Christmas time. He was put in prison and he spent his first Christmas in prison and he shares about that experience. We also share some really hard truths about Christmas and that is what if the very things that you purchase to make things feel more like Christmas were made by slave labor of Christians that were forced into working camps. And those those Christians that were being punished for being Christians had to make lights that were then sold as a profit for the prison to Christians to celebrate Christmas, a Christian holiday. So Christians are being punished for being Christians and as a punishment, they're making a product that's purchased by Christians to make a profit for non-Christians who are persecuting Christians.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think that was the hardest hitting thing I read in the book. And it's, you know, I think that's the thing. It's it's by us right it's a b2j book so it's not just uh, snowflakes and fairy lights well <laughs> it is fairy lights but that's the thing i remember reading from the book and you never you never forget that kind of story and i think even being able to look at christmas lights and it may not be those ones that you have that are what we're talking about but just having that awareness that in our blissful ignorance and it's i'm not saying it's anyone's fault but in the we're just so unaware of these kind of things at christmas
1: yeah and i mean the the truth is is that this is not a long story you don't have to sit down find time in Mm -hmm. order to read it to digest it this is on a coffee table. So you can set it on your coffee table during Christmas and not say a word. Mm -hmm. And then people that come over to your house for dinner, those mooches that don't cook anything and they sit in the living room while you're doing all the slave labor over the stove and oven and cooking the macaroni and cheese, the turkey, the ham, the mashed potatoes and gravy, while you're doing all that work and the bums are sitting on the couch waiting, this gives them something to look at. And while they're looking at it, without even thinking about it. They're just going through I mean, through the pictures and all of a sudden they come across a couple of stories and those couple of stories can be extremely informative. That book right now is available for the lowest price we've ever made possible. And in fact, we have a couple of bundles as well.
0: Yeah, so we, um, should we talk about the Philippines? Yeah. So um, we had a project in, I guess, 2019 yeah. is when we first started to do it. Uh, where we had these women in the philippines who most of them were very young mothers and uh, Didn't have too much prospect in life and and needed a way of being um, A way of making money was one of the things and so we began to work with them And one of the things they did was they started to make christmas ornaments by hand so they they made these like um uh, Christmas ornaments to hang on your tree. And really nice, have- by the
1: way. These are really, really nice. Like when people make stuff by hand, it usually sucks. It's
0: true. So
1: I don't really- Especially
0: I th- by ministry.
1: By ministry, those <laughs> yeah. are the worst. Yeah. And so people buy them out of a charitable donation. And most people would just rather give the charity rather than buy something because now they got to take something home and feel guilty about throwing it away. And it deserves to be thrown away because it's not that nice, right? So it's something that it's garbage that you buy and bring it to your house. And yeah, it's got a nice meaning and it might be offensive for some people to hear that it's not that great. But let's be honest, if you saw half the stuff that people sell in churches and ministries, they're not things that you would pick up off the shelf. You would
0: rather give the donation. There
1: are exceptions. So this you might be able to have somebody in your mind or an item in your, in your thoughts and be like, nope, not this. Okay, there are exceptions to this rule, but this is a general rule. Most of the times. When ministries bring things in, it's just junk. It's garbage that people are donating for. That's not the situation with these things. These things were okay. They were made by women that were that that were um, like you said, uh, underprivileged uh, in the Philippines. And did not have a way of making money. They actually work at the orphanage and the birthing center that we have there. Mm -hmm. And so these women uh, find themselves in situations where they are their sole income winner, the sole breadwinner for their family. And these doing this project actually brings income to them. But all of their work, so the initial idea, the concept came from a Norwegian and the norwegian oversaw all of the the handicraft work and these do feel scandinavian so they have a very good scandinavian feel i mean i felt like i could be buying these uh, uh, you know in a in a posh store somewhere
0: yeah so they did everything from christmas tree ornaments then they did um, tree skirts or a, they're kind of like tree mats you can put under your tree if you wanted to. Uh, we even had some people use them as table covers. They did pillowcases. I mean, they did so many things. So Can you
1: explain the tree mats, what, it, what, what they look like, the feel?
0: Yeah, you might be better because they're Scandinavian, right? Yeah,
1: they are. So it's like a, if you're familiar with like the sackcloth, Um, which is, which is almost like a, like an old school potato sack or something. Mm. Um, so it has kind of that, that old gritty feel. Yeah. Yeah. Rustic, like a cabin. Um, also when it comes to Scandinavian design, for those of you that are not familiar, it's, it's something that's not too gaudy, not too loud. It's just, it just a little bit of accent. Like, so you have this accented border. So you don't have all these designs. You don't have all these different things. You have like one tastefully placed like red heart and then a, a really nice kind of uh, simple border. And so it feels rustic. It feels simple, but yet somehow nostalgic at the same time, something that you can keep for years and years and years and use over and again. Uh, we also had ornaments and I'm not talking about the kind of ornaments that look like somebody took bubblegum wrapper and put it on the end of a of a paper clip that was you know transformed into a hook. But these are these are ornaments, Christmas ornaments that are sewn together. So we had hearts, we had
0: angels angels, trees, stars, hearts. Yeah, they did everything.
1: And simple yet enjoyable. I think so. I mean uh, I, I, of course, I come from, I, I spend a lot of time in Scandinavia, um, so I come from, I, I I don't personally come from a Scandinavian background, but I didn't really start to live life until I got married, and because of my wife, Scandinavian style has become a part of who I am, because I don't decorate, I mean, I'm just going to be honest, my house is, I don't decorate anything in our house, my wife does all the decoration, And I like it better than anything else I've ever lived in. And when I travel, it's not even easy to travel because I'll go into a really nice, posh hotel. Like, this is nice, but my wife could do better. (laughs) And these are the kind of things that she would decorate our tree with. Like, these are things that we would go out and spend quite a bit of money Mm. on buying things. And at first, as an American, I'm like, what? This was made by, this is not even made by a machine. Like, it should be shiny. It should be loud. I grew up. With big, bright, multicolored bulbs, you know, on the tree, yeah. and usually those trees had bulbs with lights that chased each other, like wow. going around. <laughs> oh yeah, we were loud,
0: like a disco, like a disco. <laughs> yes.
1: So when and, and then we had um, these these um, star lights that were almost like hypnotic because they'd be like rrr, 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 <laughs> rrr, like blinking on and off the whole day, all the time. So you had colors going all around the tree. Chasing each other. This seems expensive. And, and they could do they they could do all kinds of things like blink. They could chase. They could run. You had a star that would blink. Uh, you had a star sometimes that play music. You know, n- there was never a part of our tree that was empty. <laughs> so everything in the tree was completely full of like tinsel, bulbs like not just not just bulbs but the bling bling bulbs like the bulbs that had like silver, gold, loud decorations and they were everywhere and then um any part that you couldn't cover with like tinsel lights bulbs rope popcorn something then you had these spray cans
0: when does this end
1: (laughs) yes that's what my wife said she's like when does this end so you have you spray the tree and what
0: color like
1: it's snow (laughs) so you spray the tree with like this liquid snow it doesn't
0: just look like paint
1: no, so it it, it it goes to the tree and it looks like frost on does the tree. It, <laughs> does it?
0: <laughs> does it look like spray paint?
1: It sounds so ghetto to you yeah, right now, yeah, doesn't it? it yeah, does. this is. We had a, we had the most trailer part <laughs> tree you've ever seen in your life.
0: You had a lot on it.
1: We had everything on it.
0: You could have had like that's a bear. why.
1: Have you ever seen America? I don't know what British trees are like. Mm-hmm. Swedish trees are what we would call the Charlie Brown Christmas trees. They're ugly. The only thing I haven't adopted from Scandinavia <laughs> is their Christmas trees. So I like their decorations. I don't like their trees. Their trees look like they're anorexic vegan. Trees. Careful. <laughs> so, no,
0: ours are, ours are full. Yeah, ours yeah, are full too. Are yeah,
1: so Americans like our people. We like them round and fat. <laughs> <laughs> so big, round, fat, full trees that you can't just put your hand through. Like yeah. every, every, it's got branches everywhere, right? So we have to drive to Norway every year. When we do our Christmas in Sweden, we drive to Norway in order to buy these what we call Douglas firs.
0: They're always real. Yeah, they're always real. We
1: never get fake trees. Because fake trees just don't feel like Christmas. You got the smell. Yeah. Right? I know there's a lot of Christians that are listening to this right now being like, you bring an idol into your house? And yeah, you know, we celebrate Christmas. And one of the things I love about Christmas, I know it's a pagan holiday. I know that. (laughs) But what I like about it is that Christians hijacked it and said, we're going to take over this holiday and make everything symbolic about the birth of Christ. And the enemy does that all the time. The enemy always hijacks Christian stuff and then makes it into his own thing. So it feels good to steal from the enemy and turn it into a Christmas. Yeah. Now, w- there are things that that um, I can agree and say, okay, that takes away the meaning of Christmas. But this is this big celebratory feeling and that's why we have this sale on right now is a for a part of the celebration. We want to be a part of your family celebration by making these materials available that you can buy them for everybody in your family. You can also buy them for yourself. We have children's books. So if you have nieces, nephews, grandchildren, even children, we have our prayer bears, which I think are really cute kind of gift that can be for small children between the ages of like one and nine. Um, Our children's books, by the way, if you're looking for something for children between the ages of one and nine, think of Christopher Robin, Winnie the Pooh, Christianized. Basically, that's what the tales from... missionized. Or missionized. Not just just Christianized. Yeah, missionized. That's really good. Can you explain the books?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. So we take uh, true stories of missionaries. I think that's so important that people... Because sometimes people don't recognize that. So people know we have children's books, right? And they know that we're a missions organization. But I don't know that people always know that the stories are based on real-life missionaries with real-life testimonies and stories. And I think it's one thing giving your child... christian book and saying this is a great story of what god can do but knowing that it's a true story and it's a true testimony i think is a whole different thing um so we have like what seven now yep yeah we have like seven children's books and we have them separately and we have them in um bundles
1: and we are quickly we will have eight but you can buy the children's book bundle right now on sale on our website so if you go to back to jerusalem.com there's a big banner on the homepage that you can simply click on and it will take you to all of the items on sale or just go to the store. Go to the store. You'll be able to see that we have our items slashed down right now. We can get them out, put them in the mail, get them to you before Christmas. So we have the Christmas book we have the music, we have our regular books, and we have our children's books. Our children's books together with the prayer bearers, one of the best gifts that you can give to children because these books will last a lifetime. They're made with very good quality. They have memorable stories. They teach children about different cultures, different languages, and they're all true testimonies from the field. So these are stories that I have verified myself. So before they went in, to be a story in our children's book. I independently verified each one of these stories before they came out. This is a great series to have for children. What if, instead of our children growing up with heroes that are from Hollywood, with heroes that are from the music industry, with heroes that are from the NBA or the NFL, What if instead, our children began to see heroes of the faith that give everything for the gospel to preach to people that are in desperate need of the good news of Jesus Christ? What if children grew up with that inspiration? How much different would their lives be than ours? I think that these books are an amazing gift for any child. And here's the thing if your child cannot read or the child that they're going to go to cannot read even better because if you give this as a book or a gift for children that cannot read, if any of you have ever had children that are like one, two, three years old before they can read, they love to be read to. Every night I read to my boys. Every single night, they wanted me to read a certain book. Uh, I remember the best book that my youngest, he loved, um, was called Are You My Mommy by Dr. Seuss. And I read it to him so many times that he had the entire book memorized, every page. So he could move his finger along the words as if he was reading. So most people would think that he was reading. He'd move his finger across the words, you know, and it was this, have you ever read Dr. Mm -mm, Seuss? Okay, Are You My Mommy? So it's this little bird that goes around to all these different things. It's the cutest book ever. And he loses his mommy. So he goes around to all these different inanimate objects and, and different animals and say, you know, are you my mommy? It's kind of sad, but it's, it's kind of <laughs> cool as well. And especially, so my son had, a, had his routine. My youngest was into routines. So he would go and take his bath. And after his bath, he would put on his onesies. And after his onesie, he'd put on his nightcap. And he'd go nightcap and he had a nightcap <laughs> and he wanted to have his nightcap on because he read so many books and in the books when you go to bed you have a nightcap oh, yeah, and so when he went to bed he wanted to have his nightcap so he'd crawl up into bed and it was you know mom dad somebody you know the routine read to me and so we would you know get down and one of the books that i would always read to him was um you know are you my mommy one of the reasons why is because It was fast. I knew I could read through that one really fast. The other ones let mommy do because they took more time. (laughs) And so I was always super fast. I wish I would have taken more time now. Well, I don't know if I would have taken more time now. Like I enjoyed it when I did it. I almost wish that now I could do exchanges with myself from then. Like could I take that night now and you take this time, you know, from then. But I would have loved to have these books. And here's the thing. When you have a children's story like this being read to a child who cannot yet read, you're ministering to more than one person. Because now when mom and dad are reading this book or grandma and grandpa or aunt or uncle are reading the book to the child, they're actually learning about this story together with the child. So it's more than one person benefiting from these stories.
0: And learning a little bit of Chinese.
1: And learning a little bit of Chinese. Each one of these books have very finely woven into them different places, characters, events that are given the Chinese name. So for instance, the main character is known as Fufu. He's the panda bear. Fu is probably the most well known word in the Chinese language. It means blessing. And in Chinese, instead of saying, you know, double blessing with a separate word in Chinese, they'll say Fu Fufuda means that you're double blessed. And so by saying Fufu fu, is the name of the bear, it means that he's double blessed. Um, Shan the name of the boy, lives in the mountains. Mm -hmm. The Chinese word for mountain is shan. If you look at fei, which is the name of the bird, that's the Chinese word for fly. So we've actually integrated into the characters themselves um, Chinese names and the child doesn't even know they're learning Chinese when they're learning Chinese. There's a character in the the story that is a goat. The word for goat in Chinese is yang. His name is Mr. Yang. So just little things like that. Did you catch that?
0: Catch what? That... well it's right in the beginning so the characters are right in the beginning and so you kind of the children kind of get used to the words first before they then read
1: the book and you've so... been learning chinese right
0: yeah oh you be asked me honest. if i understood the.
1: be honest did you learn chinese by reading these books yes
0: <laughs> <laughs> i read them from being a child even though they were not out then <laughs> oh sorry yeah no i just think it's a great exposure for kids i think they're so unique and i think it's such a different thing that we have to Um to offer kids.
1: Yep. And one of the things that we have is we have a Fufu Forest map as well. And I highly encourage you to get that just because each one of the books take place in different places. So some of them take place in India, uh Tibet, China. Saudi Arabia, and so sometimes hearing about these different places, different cultures, different country names, the child doesn't know where those are at. I mean, most children don't. Some might if they've been well traveled already with mom and dad. And you can say, "Do you remember when mom and dad took you, you know, to this place or that place?" Um, maybe they live in China. Maybe you're listening to this podcast and you live in China. Maybe you live in Pakistan. Maybe you live in in Tibet. I doubt it, but there are some that could be listening to this podcast that that might be the case. With the tales from Fufu's Forest Map you can put that on the wall, you can put that in your Sunday school classroom, and your child can actually see where they live and where the stories are taking place. So each one of the stories are marked out on the map where the book is taking place.
0: And I think also for people to know, so if they buy the Christmas stuff that's been made in the Philippines, that that is helping to support the women there from when they were made, when they buy the books it's going straight back into the ministry so that's where the money's going you know it's not going to you or yep. to anybody else
1: yeah 100 of all of the sales from the books the proceeds from the sales 100 goes directly into the ministry and out to the field so right now is the time now is the time to do christmas shopping please do not wait till the last minute now is the time log on, back to Jerusalem.com, make your purchase. We will get it out to you ASAP, A-S-A-P, so that you can have it before Christmas, but we cannot deliver it for you. It has to go through the US postal system, or in the UK you use what postal system?
0: The, whichever is the
1: easiest. Whichever yeah, is the depends. easiest.
0: But you must go through the US website to do that. Yep, and to be
1: everybody, US. everybody, is booked right now. So there's a lot of packages going out more than any other year before because so many people are still at home because of COVID, don't want to go out into the crowds because of COVID, making their orders online because of COVID, doing all their Christmas shopping on Amazon or some online source. Make your decision today. Go on to backtoderislam.com, make the purchase. We will get it out to you ASAP so that you can have an amazing b to j Christmas. I want to thank you so much for joining us for another Back to Jerusalem podcast. Again, I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of the UK. God bless you.